Y'all. Gosh, that sounded so redneck. Y'all. Um, man. God has been working in my heart this week a lot. Um, I think that... So, okay. This weekend I recorded Devo for church. Um, I'm sure that will be up on Instagram sometime soon. Um, but I talked about politics. And I talked about how... When... Pilate came out to the crowd and he said do you want me to release this man to you pointing to Jesus and he said the king of the Jews the crowd they said no we want Barabbas and it says Barabbas was an insurrectionist and then in other places it says that Barabbas was um, a robber or a murderer Barabbas fought against the Roman occupation because he wanted freedom. What's wrong with that? He was a freedom fighter. They wanted Barabbas because Jesus, what has he done his whole life? He's talked about the kingdom of God. He's talked about their sin, the condition of their hearts. And he's he's treated that as the first and foremost issue in their lives. Jewish and Roman and Israeli freedom, occupation, oppression. He said little about that. He has preached the gospel of himself. He's preached that God's kingdom is coming. It's not of this world. He's preached that they need a savior and they need freedom from sin. And he's loved people who were politically opposite from them, from the Jewish leaders. He's loved people who were directly in opposition to them, the tax collectors who would oppress them and rule over them and use them for their own lining of their pockets. He's loved the Samaritans who are different than them. They're mixed ethnicities and those people thought that they were half-breeds. They thought they couldn't tolerate them. In, in every hot take, hot topic, political situation, Jesus led with love. And what did the people do? They didn't want him. They wanted Barabbas because he actually did something for the country, for Israel. They wanted someone to do something. And I think this year has been so politically charged. We can all agree with that. A lot of us have dove into politics way more than we ever had. And I think that it's thrown a lot of us off. I remember myself in the beginning of the summer when all of the racial tensions started to happen and the riots started to happen. I put out a blog that I was really really proud of and a lot of people gave me great feedback on. And it talked about 
that. It talked about Pilate, and it talked about how we can never get to a point where we say the gospel's not the answer to this. There needs to be more. That is never the conclusion a Christian can draw in this world. If you are upset by any political thing or any oppression or any injustice in this country or in this world, the gospel is the answer. And I think what what we do in our our minds sometimes is we blur this line. I think I was trying to figure out where's where, because obviously if someone is about to kill a child, like let's just say extreme circumstances, we're in like North Korea or something and there's a child about to be shot for something that's ridiculous, but technically he's broken some North Korean law so they're going to execute him. That's injustice. If I'm if I'm physically there for me to to preach the gospel at the people that are about to shoot the child is not the same as me stepping in front of the child and saving his life or trying to stop them from shooting him and saving him. I think it's tricky because I think that there's there's a a, because in that circumstance yes if I just say the gospel and try to persuade people with the gospel when there's bullets flying um Jesus can do anything there's crazy miracles all throughout the Bible and in the New Testament but I think at that point action needs to be taken I think there's a literal physical line. If you are physically present and there's an injustice about to happen that you have an ability to stop or to help with, you should do that. You are called you are put in that situation to stand up for what is right and to protect physically. I think that's where the line is. I think it's simply that. If physically you are somewhere and there's injustice about to happen to somebody, you can stop it. Do so. But if we are simply trying to change minds so that culturally and uh, ethically and just like as a as a people are train of thought doesn't go in a certain direction if we're trying to change the, the direction of this country's thoughts and ideas what is the most potent and strong and perfect message we can preach to anything that is wrong in this world the perfect message of the gospel it's not it's not just hey this is happening and it's evil and you need to stop it and this person, this person, this person needs to go to jail and this needs to change and then we will have this right. That's never going to happen in this world. We're never going to perfect things. And I, I just, I catch my own hypocrisy in this because I, I said it in the summer and then as 
as time's gone on, as COVID restrictions have gotten more ridiculous, as all this stuff has happened, I've forgotten that and I've gotten more frustrated and I've started to say, hey, this needs to change. And we need to, we need to speak up and let this be known that this is happening because it's wrong. And I've, I've put weight on those things that I shouldn't have. The truth is that the gospel is the top tier option to change ideologies and to change the hearts and minds of people. It's not a happy-go-lucky, feel-good message that doesn't change anything politically or ideologically. It fundamentally reshapes those things when it's put into those circumstances. And this, this country's gotten so politically charged, we need to return to the gospel and to lead with love. I had to do an assignment for school just now about different um, people groups in Jesus' time that lived on the, quote, fringe of society. And so I had to find those groups put in a nice little description, explain why, explain their reputation in that time, explain what caused that, and then explain what Jesus' attitude was towards them. And then it asked me to identify at least two people groups in my society that are like those people and how we should respond to those people. And the people I came up with, it, it hit me right away when I was typing but it kind of surprised me. The homeless, duh. There's a homeless pandemic in California and the United States. There are so many people living on the streets, going to the bathroom on the streets. They have nowhere to go, and they need help. They need homes. They need friends. They need community. They need support. They need love to charge them up to be passionate about life so they can take initiative and they can heal and they can be productive people and some of them get put there by awful circumstances that are genuinely out of their control and they just end up without any penny to their name I've met some of them that does happen not every homeless person is an addict who's just trying to con you out of your next five dollars some of them lost a limb and couldn't work, lost their house, got divorced, got pushed out of their house, and ended up sleeping on the street, and they don't know what to do, and they've been there for six months. That does happen. Homeless people live on the fringe of this society, and they need help. A lot of them have mental illnesses, and they they need a lot of help. They don't need to be rounded up and pushed somewhere. They need actual help help but the other class of people is what surprised me that I came up with I came up with the Hollywood elites and I said Hollywood elites but what I meant in my mind and my heart was yes the Hollywood elites the actors the actresses but also the CEOs the Zuckerbergs the the Jeff Bezos of this world that, I mean, at first glance, you'd say they're at the center of this society because they run some of the 
most impactful things in our in our country in our world right now. However, do you guys ever think about their personal life? Do they have any real friends or any real fam like family that loves them deeply? I would bet that they really don't. Do they have are they connected deeply to a lot of people? Do they have a good pulse on, on the average person and how to connect with people? I would bet they don't. I would bet that they sit on their pedestal and they think that everybody else in the world is this kind of person, this kind of person. And they are completely out of touch. Their closest friends only like them for their money. Maybe they have one or two friends that actually sort of do like them. But those people are probably out of touch with reality too. Their family probably doesn't love them very much because they're just tied to their organizations and their, their jobs. Those people, as, as people, like their actual lives and their relationships, they live on the fringe. They are not, they're not deeply connected to a, a rooted group of people. They're out there on an island running something that impacts billions of people. But they don't have a good grounding in relationships. And I would bet that most of us, if we saw those CEOs or politicians, those people too, um, or the actor, actress, Hollywood elites, if we saw those people, unless you're a big fan of them, because you're they're celebrities and you're excited to meet them or something but personally as as people I would bet most of us wouldn't rush to want to be their friend like what if a Jeff Bezos happened to be in your area get a flat, flat tire and not have his security detail and all this other stuff with him he he's just a normal dude that needed help, but you knew who he was. Would you help him? Like, take Jeff Bezos down off his pedestal and just leave him as a human being for a second. Would you want to be his friend and get to know him and care about him and love him like you would someone you met at church? I bet not. Those kind of people also need us. They need the gospel. And we should be so, so focused on getting the gospel to those people. Because if they get the gospel, that impacts billions of people. And yet, what do we do? We heap insults and, and say that they're just completely sold out and they suck. And they're the reason for all of this bad stuff in society. We, we wish they were just taken off their pedestal and their companies divided up and they were just left with nothing because they have way too much already. Nobody likes them. Nobody that I know cares about those people. And whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, you're probably not too fond of the other side, the people that are there. But those are people. Those are souls. They're not people that are unfortunate 
collateral damage as we try to perfect this system. Like, you can't say that so-and-so's heart, even though, yeah, I guess they're a person, but but they hold this office, and they think this way, and so that causes this to happen. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter that they're a person, because they cause all this to happen, and they just need to go. Like, we can't say that. We can't. The gospel doesn't let us say that. The gospel says that person matters, and they need love. They need to know God's love. And then it it gives us so much more than just getting rid of obstacles. It turns obstacles into doorways. Because if those people that we think so poorly of actually get the gospel, my goodness, how, what impact would that have on this world? My goodness, that would be nuts. If Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg... Um, Jack Dorsey and whoever on the political spectrum get the gospel, think of what that would change. If they really get changed by Jesus, think of what that would do to this world. That would be so incredible. The assignment also asked me to come up with um, practical ideas of what to do with those um, things I realized from writing that. And I wrote down that we should be sending letters to officials and to leaders and to CEOs and to all these people. We should be bombarding them with letters and notes and emails and calls and whatever that we're praying for them and that Jesus loves them and that here's the gospel and how can we pray for you more specifically and um, I don't know like we should be throwing care and love and um, Jesus' heart at those people not throwing insults and trying to tear them down even though I might strongly disagree with so many things that they do Jesus knew that the way to change those things was not to just eliminate people and throw people in that supposedly have the right ideas. It was to change people through the gospel. And so I just want to state for everybody that if, if we're Christians, our political stance is... We want the gospel to spread. My political agenda is the gospel. Because of what that implies. If if the president gets the gospel, a lot changes. If the CEOs get the gospel, a lot changes. Think of what could happen if those people understand and are gripped by God and filled with his love and they they find a rooted community that shows them how to live that and they start making changes because God just grips them so strongly.
gosh, that would be amazing. That's what God is wanting to do. That's what God wants to do in this world. Not not take things by force and eliminate people and put the right people in. It's we make disciples. We make people the right people through the power of the Holy Spirit and our obedience and just following him and sharing the gospel. They're like the tax collectors. They knew what they'd done. They oppressed people. They lined their own pockets. They created lots of fraud and charged people more than they had to. And they knew it. And when Jesus started offering them grace and love, they they ate it up. And they were changed. People, that hasn't... That that possibility has not gone away. That opportunity has not changed. Jesus said those who've been forgiven much will love much. That's what we should be striving for. Not for this person or that person or this ideology or that ideology or this policy over that policy. No. We want the gospel to spread. Because if it doesn't if the gospel doesn't spread, people don't get saved, they don't meet Jesus, and things still don't change. Because whoever gets in these new positions, they might have the right mindset for a little while, but if they don't know Jesus, it's going to go the same way it always goes. Sin. And that's going to lead to more corruption. It'll just change hands. That's it. But if we get the gospel in these positions, my goodness, what change that could have. That's my own heart change. I care deeply what happens in this world. And I care about politics. I think sometimes it's obvious this person does know God and that person doesn't. I'm going to vote for that person. Like, the simple fact that we have a vote means that it matters what we vote. However, I'm not going to engage any longer in being all hyped up and hopped up on this person or that person or sharing information that should try to force people to do this or that or just push an agenda of any sort other than the gospel. I'm not going to do it. The gospel is what needs to be spread to change those things. Because I care about those things... I'm not going to worry about them. I'm going to spread the gospel instead because that's how I actually affect change in those areas. So I will no longer speak of any of that. And I will speak only of the gospel as my agenda. I hope you'd join me in that and you'd find freedom in that because... Fighting for all this stuff and being angry and frustrated and upset about all this stuff is tiring. It's stressful. It wears me out. I'm sick of it. I don't... I care, but at a certain point, I don't care who the heck has what position. I'm going to spread the gospel until the government wants to come 
martyr me for preaching Jesus, I'm going to keep doing that. And if they want to do that, then I'm called to keep doing it anyway. So no matter who has what office, I'm going to keep spreading the gospel till the end. It doesn't really matter what goes on. Because the only way to change that is to spread the gospel. So not, it, my life does not change. To live is to share the gospel. And uh, if that's not an option anymore, then they can come take me. But till then, I'm going to be doing one thing. And it's a lot less stressful than trying to push in a political agenda. So this is uh, Political Joey signing off and not coming back. I hope you'll join me in that. Lead with love. Jesus led with love in every circumstance that was political or racial or whatever. His changing agent was the grace of God and the love of God. And that has not changed in the last 2,000 years, and especially not in 2020. Let's not miss that.